there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. guys, welcome back to Loring, our folklore podcast, where we tell you the history and stories of different legends and lore from around the world. Ooh, I'm getting right into it. Ryan, what did you find of Loring this week? Well, guys, the seasons are changing, which means the coffee is changing as well. I bought myself a, what's it called, a French press. Oh. And I've been drinking very high-end fancy coffee um i don't know if it's better than my cold brew because the cold brew i felt like i was able to do a lot more fun stuff with but it's pretty exciting it's a lot better than drip coffee okay so So as as a non-coffee person like i like coffee but Mm -hmm. i'm so new to the world of coffee (laughs) like we just got a drip coffee machine for like 10 bucks the other day I mean, that works. But, like, what's... Because I, again, I know, like, two things of each one. What's the biggest difference between the cold brew and the French press? Well, the cold brew, you leave, like, all night. Like, overnight. So then it, like, slowly infuses into the coffee. Because when it's not hot, I don't know the exact science with it, but like when it's not hot, it takes longer for it to blend, but you get a very different flavor. With the French press, you put the beans in the water, not the beans, but like the ground beans together in water, like boiling water. And then after a few minutes, you like press like a filter through it and then it like pulls all the muck out and just leaves behind a really tasty coffee oh (laughs) that makes sense because (laughs) again all the coffee i've ever had has been like something i could buy at a gas station or something while traveling so like one of like the starbucks ones you know and so Mm -hmm. we got like finely graded coffee grounds and i thought oh i just put that in the cup with hot water and i was like oh i'll just put two i'll put two spoons of it in this cup with hot water (laughs) and i was like trying Mm. to use like my thin strainer you're wondering why there were grains (laughs) i was trying to use my strainer to pour it out and there was so much caffeine in it i was up since five that morning to like one that next day because i had yeah (laughs) i was like five pounds of beans one pound of water what could go wrong you just i was like edgar i think i did this wrong because when i cook i just guess you know if i don't have a little Mm -hmm. tutorial there i'm like well let me just experiment and see what happens and i will never make that mistake again so lesson learned (laughs) yeah Next time, next time you're down here, I'll I'll make you some coffee. Hell yeah, some some real fancy coffee. As long as it's in like um, one of those camper mugs, because then it will feel like we're telling the story around the campfire. That's like my one request. Oh, of course, yeah, <laughs> uh, can do. Yes. What uh, what'd you find alluring this week? Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that one. I told you that one. I'm not. Gonna... 
I'm not going to say that <laughs> one. I told you that one. I'm not going to talk about stuff before this. And sometimes we'll be like, does this count as like an alluring thing? And he's like, no, not really. And I'm like, uh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think what, I just feel like life has just been really beautiful lately. <laughs> but, oh. That's good. I mean, I, that's alluring. That is. Oh, I have a good one. You have inspired me, actually. Um, our one friend we play D&D with, I like reached out. I was like, I need to get in shape and I have no idea what I'm doing. So <laughs> he like made like a five week workout program for me and it's actually oh, nice. been helping me out like so much and I'm starting to get like my muscle back and it's been super nice. I'll actually... Daylight savings has worked in my favor because now I can wake up at like 6.30 and yeah. get my workout done, oh, yeah. get shower, make food for the day, and then go to work. And then I just come home and play Animal Crossing for my whole life. Nice. So, that's... I feel like, not to turn this into like a gym episode, but <laughs> since daylight savings time, the gym has been empty. Bro. And it's amazing. There's nothing better than an empty gym. Honestly, I I couldn't agree more. I don't go to a gym because I don't like people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, I don't want to see other people while I'm working out. No. No, I'm like, this is me time. If I have headphones on, you will not talk to me. I don't care if we came yeah. in together. We go in, do our thing, and we leave. That's it. No. But Speaking of nice. going in and someone not leaving together, I think that's a good segue. Uh, what what are we talking about this week, Kimmy? <laughs> what are we talking about this week? That you know that transition will make more sense. It will make more sense in the story. The transition <laughs> could have been like speaking of things that go in and leave together. What are we talking about? Panic. Yeah, like, speaking of running away scared, uh, <laughs> what are we Perfect. talking about this week? All right. <laughs> so, you can click to our first slide, and I'll do our little introduction. So... Next time you visit West Virginia, in America, of course, keep an eye open for any UFO flying across the sky. And if you see it crash land, I suggest you avoid the landing site, or at least not go alone. Near the crash landing, you may smell some strange gas odor coming from the ship that may mean it's going to explode. It's because there is a famous cryptid that is associated with that smell. This week, we will be discussing a classic cryptid known as the Flatwoods Monster, or Braxy for short. This legend comes from a sighting in 1952 in West Virginia, America. This creepy extraterrestrial has made such a big impact that the small town embraced it and is famous to this very day. This monstrous mechanical creature is known to either be a cryptid or an extraterrestrial. It stands anywhere between 10 to 15 feet tall, 4 feet wide, and hovers slightly above the ground. So, (laughs) it's a big boy. (laughs) 4 feet wide? Yeah, and 10 to 15 tall. Those proportions don't check out. Yeah, it does. That's, That's wide. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. It's a wide boy. Think of how like I mean, like, are we talking are. four feet, like arms spread out? No, just like sh- talking just hands like... down, like shoulder to shoulder, like four feet shoulder to shoulder. That ain't four feet. That's that's a lot. Well, it's like ten to fifteen feet tall. It makes sense. Yeah, that's only like that's like four feet taller than me on the small end. I'm just saying. It's a. This is a thick boy. Yeah, she, <laughs> it thick. She thick. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it identifies thick, thick. as is thick. <laughs> yeah. Um this terror alien. <laughs> this terrifying creature has been described to have a glowing red face with a round head that's not human like at all. And have large circular pointed calling behind the head. 
It also appears to have some type of hood on it. So think of like the ace of spades. That's what its head looks like. Is that little gotcha. symbol. So if you're looking at it from the front, yeah, it looks like the ace of spades. It has these portholes for eyes that are about two inches in diameter. These glowing circles have been described as orange or yellow and are extremely bright. The body of the creature is said to be a robotic suit or spacecraft rather than an organic being. And I love this because to me, that tells me there's a possibility there's an itty because to me, that tells me there's a possibility there's the an chances itty- are small, <laughs> but not zero. <laughs> <laughs> They're not as small as the little alien in his head. <laughs> and I like to think it's like one of those old school Joy Con remotes. So it's only like looks, four yeah. directions, and there's it's like two, a little like, nibbler from Futurama, just like controlling this giant. That's it. That's exactly what's. Um, the robotic body is green or shiny metallic black, which would have reflected the green of the nearby bushes around it. Um, the scripted is also referred to as the green monster by locals because of its green body. It also has long stringy arms that protrude from the front of its body, having its hands consist of long claws. Um, Its arms have been described to be as toy-like, and the lower half of the creature is compared to a design of a dress. Some people also say that the Frametown monster is actually the Flatwoods monster since they both have pipe-like metallic armor from the waist down. The Frametown monster, however, is a reptilian humanoid from the top half, which is much different from old Braxy, which is all robotic. So they've been compared, but the Frame Town monster looks something more out of like a Power Rangers hero movie kind of thing. <laughs> so I feel like that's the way you can separate them. But um, due to this appearance, many people still can't decide if it is a machine or a living creature. We got to put a <laughs> poll on Instagram after this when this episode drops. If it decide whether it's a human or a living or not human, if it's a machine or a living creature, I need to do one of the multi multi choice where it's like A is organic, B is machine, and C is organic tiny alien driving a machine, <laughs> and that's the machine. only right answer. Yeah, because even C if you click on the, the right other answer. one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Personality. So there's no accounts of Braxy hurting anyone. Plus, with the people that have witnessed it, it is said it would always run away and disappear into the night. It is also known to eject a nauseous mist that can make people and dogs extremely sick. The smell was described as a sick, burnt, metallic-like smell, which doctors at the time have compared to a mustard gas. This toxic mist is also known to have the same effects as a person that falls victim to hysteria. So, that falls victim to hysteria. Can we say maybe, just maybe, they just fell victim to hysteria and that's what caused the mustard gas? (laughs) (laughs) With so many of these creatures, it's like, yeah, it has the same effects as this like common thing. But no, it was a Because we don't know what it is. We don't yeah. know if that's what Makes it sense. Is. Plus, I gotta fluff it up a little bit. I can't be yeah. like, it's hysteria. <laughs> Everyone had hysteria. <laughs> Everyone had, maybe still has hysteria. <laughs> Possibly. Um, so, knowing all of this, to me, it sounds like Braxy isn't an attack alien, but more like a leave-me-alone yeah. alien. Sounds so like a I scout. Pre- yeah. Scouting the Yep. I don't, I don't think he's malicious. He's malicious, and I, I think... And I, I think... I keep saying he. I don't know why it's gender, but I'm just going to say he because that's how... More scared of us than we are of him. <laughs> kind of thing for now until he comes back with his fleet 
until he comes back with his fleet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Is, I would love it to be a little UFO with a bunch of tiny little aliens, and I want them to be prey mantises, yeah. <laughs> because that feels right to me. <laughs> yeah! I mean, the little curled arms, it checks out. Yeah, can't you see a little prey mantis, like, using the little, like, yeah. old school game thing, like, moving it, and using the other arm to press, like, a panic button to, like, release the hysteria, I, I guess? That. Makes sense. <laughs> hysteria, <guess>. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's all you need. Yeah. You're scouting. You have, like, a move button, a hysteria gas, and mm-hmm. a boost. Like, control panel, yep. done. <laughs> Turbo boosters. <laughs> Get you out of town. There you go. Uh, okay. So that's what Braxy looks like. Let me tell you a little bit about the history. So, the Flatwoods monster also known as the Braxton County Monster, or a.k.a. Braxy, has become a major part of West Virginia folklore. It all kicked off with a famous sighting in 1952, but there are many factors as to why people were on edge when it came to aliens and how the small-town legend soon people were on edge when it came to aliens and how the small-town legend soon be- the most important thing for till this very day. The time to know about what happened in American history at the and so Americans had two things on their brain space and atomic bombs so the first thing is the space race so during the 20th century the Soviet Union and the United States of America were competing to be the first to achieve superior spaceflight compatibility before the other one did aka they wanted to conquer the unknown what was out there in the world these two nations were also in a nuclear arms race following World War II. Knowing if they could conquer space, they could have a major advantage with a nuclear war. So this was known as the space race. This is a little hit, little history for you guys. So when the signing... I need, like, the little star with the rainbow. That's the like, now you know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Can we... I, can we, like, animate Mothman doing that? <laughs> yeah, I'll get started on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, when the sighting of Braxy took place, the space race was on the forefront of the American people's mind. The curiosity and the fear of what could be out there, along with the timing of its sighting, resulted in a legend becoming popular rather quickly. This extraterrestrial sighting took place in a small town of less than 300 people at the time, and it quickly grew traction. Hey guys, so uh, something really weird happened. Uh, in this recording, me and Kimmy started talking about Project Blue Book and the government and aliens, and of course, all that footage got absolutely demolished. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to read what the script said so that we can add it back in, because I don't want you guys to miss this part. So... Project Blue Book. This encounter went from local news to national news rather quickly, having it become the hot topic on radio shows and resulting in many scared individuals calling in to learn if this extraterrestrial was malicious and if it was spotted again. Plus, many Americans at the time were extremely anxious because of the fear of atomic bombs. You know, naturally. Even Life Magazine, one of the most popular publications at the time, had released some seemingly credible stories about flying saucers. This resulted in the U.S. Air Force UFO inquiry, part of the project called Project Blue Book, to dispatch some investigators around the country to look for any more sightings or details about this flatwood monster. Project Blue Book was just a documentation relating to investigations of unidentified flying objects at the time, and has been said it's closed until currently. Some say the Air Force was just scanning the skies for bombers since the Soviet Union successfully tested an atomic bomb in 1949, but the timing lines up more with the sightings of the Flatwood Monster encounter. So with the combination of the Cold War fear of the atomic bomb dropping, the space race, the Flatwood Monster, was able to come to the forefront and shine. Alright, now uh, back to Kimmy. Another thing about the Flatwoods Monster is capitalism. And what is America if they don't capitalize on fear and anxiety of the American people? So, <laughs> um, Braxy popped up shortly after Mothman appeared in the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And Mothman wasn't doing too bad in the publicity area. 
He actually became the town's main source of tourism and is now the city's main source of revenue. Revenue, which wow, yeah, which is super amazing. I mean, just a town of two hundred. Like, what? How else are you gonna make your money? <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. And, but they they do crazy stuff. They have like festivals now for him and everything. And oh, really? Like I've I've drawn Mothman. Like I feel like every artist that likes cryptids has <laughs> drawn him yeah. once. You know. Um, so the citizen of Braxton County saw this money-making opportunity and knew they could capitalize on the legend of the Flatwoods monster. Everyone wanted to know more about this extraterrestrial, and the town simply emphasizes it to this day. Believers and non-believers quickly capitalized on this legend as local shops started selling merch with the Flatwoods aliens slapped onto it. The volunteer fire department even sells this monster on a shirt. Um, I don't think I put a picture nice. of the shirt. I put the link, but I didn't put the picture. <laughs> it's just, it's actually cool stuff. It's not like some mom, like, clip art something from made it for, like, yeah, their daughter's softball team, you know? It's very, it's... I kind of want it. It's really it's, cute. It's, like, cute and grungy, but not overbearing. I don't know. <laughs> they have my size. I'm going to order it right now. Do it. <laughs> we also, also as a side note, you haven't seen them yet, but when this episode's out, we will have a Flatwoods State Cryptid shirt in our shop. And I'm nice. going to get that one for me. And I'm pretty Love excited. It. Because capitalism, right? You got to capitalize on this. Yeah. Um, got to pay for something. That's right. So this podcast has to be paid for somehow. <laughs> so... They all so when all this was happening, they made a museum which opened in 2018 that focuses on the Flatwoods monster, and there's even a Flatwoods monster festival, and the museum will put up monster-shaped chairs all around the city because of what happened and for publicity and all that stuff. Cool. So there's a lovely little picture of the front of the museum, and we do pretty recent then 2018 yeah that's very new yeah it's that's awesome i i really love it because i feel a lot of cryptid museums are starting to pop up (laughs) and it like makes my heart really happy hopefully it survived oh it It did did. it's still open it survived the pandemic oh love that that that, we're happy (laughs) i was like this is like I have a vision board in my office of like our podcast goals, and one day when we can do a live tour, we're gonna have to hit like that. We're gonna have to hit the Flatwoods and Mothman and all those yeah. little cryptid museums. That'd be cool to do like the podcast at like all the museums that are popping up around the country. That'd be so. Fun. I would, I would be so happy. Listen, if you are part of one of those museums and you listen to our show. We can figure something Listen. out. I have cool cryptid art I can provide. <laughs> we, I got a lot of Southwest Airline points right now. I'll fly out right yes. now. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm so... Uh, it's And they have cute souvenirs. I don't know. I like cryptid shops because they actually have legit souvenirs. Oh, absolutely. Okay, anyway, I'm getting off track because I'm getting manifesty and excited about future stuff. <laughs> Woo, okay. Bring it back. So here's even a quote from Andrew Smith, the founder of the Flatwoods Monster Museum. I don't know what he sounds like, so I will try to be more deep in the tone. West Virginian. I, I, I don't. I think they're, I think they're country in West Virginia. Uh, let's try that one. I'm not great with this. Let's see what happens. The Flatwoods Monster Museum opened in 2018, and ever since then, we've been really surprised as to how many people want to come and visit anything dedicated to the Flatwoods Monster. We have folks coming from all over. I would say at least half of the people who come and visit are from our state, the other half from in-state. I think the interesting... (laughs) I think the interest in the Flatwoods Monster has kind of always been there. But up until pretty recently, there hasn't been a lot of things that you can visit that have anything to do with him. The area where the sighting took place is on private property. So that hasn't been a magnet to draw people in. So the Monster Museum and the Monster Chairs and other businesses in the area that have taken up the monster themes have sort of been able to be a magnet to the Flatwoods Monster and the people interested. (laughs) 
ladies and gentlemen, Kimmy's country <laughs> accent. Andrew, if you don't sound like that, please don't get offended because I probably embarrassed myself way more. <laughs> we love your museum. That was, that was great. <laughs> uh, and so, and it didn't stop there. The cryptid has even been found in the game Fallout 72. People even visit the museum this day as part of a Fallout tour where they visit different places featured from the game. So you may really like that, but they have a legit Fallout tour where you're hitting all the spooky spots. That's cool. I haven't played 72, but that, that sounds fun. Uh, I, I can't remember which one. My brother let me play one, but it's just because like, I would make the characters look really cool, and he didn't care because like, the husband or the wife would always die. <laughs> And I'm like, no, 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 let yeah. me make a hot yoga dad. And then I'd make, like, a hot yoga dad <laughs> or, like, a pirate. <laughs> so. Yeah. But in closing, it has been over 70-ish years since the odd occurrence in the rural area happened, but the legend of the spooky extraterrestrial holds strong, and some have said it's considered to be the second most famous cryptid in Virginia. Right after Mothman, of course. Some people say that around the anniversary of the event to be cautious because you may hear the hissing or smell of metallic near the forest or the edge of the flatwoods. And that is a little bit of the history of the flatwoods monster. Ooh. Nice. And I love I love when like small towns like make these kind of things. They're like whole things. Yes. I think that's really fun. Like, it's like the you gotta have a thing. The universe like gives them a branding guide, and they're like, "Yeah, exactly." Thank you for this. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah, I love, I love it. I there's there's so many like state cryptids I want to do, and like I'm I'm so happy yeah. doing the flatwoods monster. <laughs> and you know, uh, you know what else I love. You love your store. Our sponsors. These sponsors that are about to be on the show right now. So before we continue, let's tune in to those bad boys. Hey campers, you all know how we love to dive deep into the history of different legends and lore from around the world. And what better way to enjoy these tales than by also enjoying some international snacks and treats while you listen. That's where our sponsor, Try the World, comes in. Try the World sends out a box with 10 plus unique international snacks and treats from around the world, exploring new countries every month, with flavors from Spain, Japan, even Brazil, and so, so much more. So you can try global cuisines one country at a time from the comfort of your own home. And Try the World collaborates with cuisine experts and award-winning chefs to curate some of the most authentic, high quality products from around the world. With them being such a great quality product, not only are they great for you, but they make a wonderful gift. And that's not all. Our listeners who subscribe today get a free box. So what are you waiting for? Start your international food journey today by going to our website, alluring.com sponsors and click on the Try the World banner. Again, go to our website, alluring.com sponsors, and click on the Try the World banner today and start your international snack journey. And welcome back to the show. Welcome. Today, I'm going to tell you two stories about our friend, the Flatwood Monster. So this first one is the 1952 story that Kimmy referenced multiple times in her history. The sighting of this entity takes place at 7.15 p.m. on September 12, 1952. Two brothers, Edward and Fred May, and their friend Tommy Hire, smelt a sudden sulfur smell while playing in the yard of their elementary school. Seconds after, they witnessed a bright object dart across the sky and land onto some local farmland. Scared and confused, they ran to Edward and Fred's home. In a panic, they told their mother, Kathleen May, about the strange sighting they saw that crash-landed in the hills just down the street. 
Hearing this, Kathleen went with the three boys and a West Virginia National Guardsman by the name of Eugene Lemon. Lemon's dog and some other local children, including Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver, to the Fisher farm. With a flashlight in hand, the group left, curious to discover what the three boys saw. Ooh. On their way... This is very, like, 90s. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's about to be Stranger Things, like... <laughs> yeah, 100%. On their way, Lemon's dog ran ahead of the group. Once the dog was out of sight, it suddenly started barking and ran immediately back to the group with its tail between its legs. Approaching with caution, they reached the top of the hill and saw something they would never forget. There was a large, pulsating ball of fire about 50 feet to their right that came along with a pungent mist that made their noses and eyes burn. Through the mist, Lemon noticed two small lights. Over to the left of the object, underneath a nearby oak tree, moving his flashlight towards it, it revealed a creature which immediately emitted a shrill hissing noise. And then started gliding towards them, and then headed off towards the red light. The dog was like, you guys, we should leave. And they were like, no, let's stay. (laughs) Yeah. He came back with his tail tucked, like, let's go. And Lemon's like, all right, I guess we gotta go. That dog is probably (laughs) so annoyed right now. He's like, I'm just here to protect my owner. God, Blood so, did it together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At this point, Good. the group fled in panic, as one should have done. Once they got home, Kathleen contacted local sheriff Robert Carr and Mr. A. Lee Stewart, co-owner of the Braxton Democrat, a local newspaper, to tell them about what they had just witnessed. Stuart interviewed each of them individually and then returning to the site with Lemon later that night where he reported that there was a sickening burnt metallic odor still prevailing. There it is. Sheriff Carr and his deputy Burnell Long searched the area separately but reported no trace of the entity. They say all they encountered there was the smell. I don't like that because if you see something or if there's like a touch Mm -hmm. mark on you that's real that's it like you can't you can't dismiss that you know what i mean so the next morning stewart went back to the site for for the second time and discovered two unusually long tracks in the mud and traces of a thick black liquid reporting them as possible signs of a saucer landing this was credible because the area hadn't been subject to vehicle traffic in the last year some say the tracks were probably from the 1942 Chevrolet pickup truck driven by local Max Lockard, who had gone to the site to look for the creature some hours prior to Stewart's discovery. So, I feel like you would know a tire track, though. You know a tire track. If you go up in the country, yeah. you know what a tire track is. Yeah, unless you had, like, tire track with, like, zero tread on it. No, um, no. You would know. You just I doubt that. You just yeah. know. So, after the event, two investigators associated with the Civilian Saucer Investigation, which is awesome, <laughs> that go by the name Mr. William and Donna Smith, obtained multiple accounts from witnesses who had experienced a similar phenomena. The next account was the story of a mother and her 21-year-old daughter. They encountered the same-looking entity with the same smell a week prior to the September 12th incident. The incident reportedly affected the daughter so badly that she was confined to Clarksburg Hospital for three weeks. God. Yeah. I'm still Um, a little stuck on the civilian saucer investigation. Should I make us, like, little business cards that say that on it? (laughs) (laughs) Right, so... What was it? Civilian saucer investigation. I get, I'll just put like a luring saucer investigator. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And uh, my next story goes a little deeper into uh, the the second part that I'm talking about the week earlier. Um, oh, okay. So we're gonna skip over that a little bit. Um. So, after the encounter, the members of the September 12th group reported suffering from similar symptoms. These symptoms lingered for some time. Oh, wait. I got all messed up. 
No, you're good. Okay. So these two investigators also gathered a statement from the mother of Eugene Lemon to see if she saw the creature at all. She said that around the time of the crash, her house violently shook and her radio cut out for 45 minutes. There was even a report from the director of the local board of education in which he claimed to have seen a flying saucer take off around 6 a.m. the following morning. So he saw it leave. <laughs> he, wait, wait. Did you say he was like the... Oh, he's the board of directors. The, the director of the board oh. of education? I yeah. like to think he... <laughs> It was charge. like a checkup appointment at the school, and he had like a little coffee in hand as he was looking outside. Yeah, <laughs> a little coffee like, what in hand. Tarnation as he was is that? <laughs> Over here, I. You will believe <laughs> I see. Over here, I see that. You Dish will believe I see. <laughs> what is it, Frank? Oh, look at this. The story blew up to the point. The story only blew up from this point, having been such a strange phenomenon that so many people witnessed. Then, after the encounter, the members of the September 12th group reported suffering from similar symptoms. These symptoms lingered from some time, which they attributed to having been exposed to the mist the entity had emitted earlier. These included irritation of the nose, swelling of the throat, and Lemon claimed to have suffered from vomiting and convulsions, so he got it the worst. Um, and then he had difficulty with his throat for several weeks after. The doctor that treated the witness reported the symptoms to be similar to those who fall victims of mustard gas. So, like you had said earlier, though such symptoms are commonly found in sufferers of hysteria, which can be brought on by exposure to a traumatic or shocking event, like seeing an alien. <laughs> um, later in 1952, Kathleen May appeared on the current events TV show called We the People. This is where the original, most iconic drawing of the creature was created, as you can see. Um, the artwork was commissioned by Lee Stewart and drawn by a New York sketch artist based on Kathleen's description. Both Kathleen and Lemon found the portrait to be quite accurate. So all the like pictures, t-shirts, all that are based off of this original photo. The little jar bottle I drew was based off that photo, too. Yeah. This is the this is the first ever drawing of the Flatwoods monster. I love the the woman right there because she's looking at the camera like I told you, bitch. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, this is it. I seen it. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, that's so. This is my second story Ooh. about. This is just more sightings around the same time. Okay. Um, so another sighting of a creature similar in description to the Flatwood Monster was reported by Mrs. Audra Harper not long before the infamous sighting on the Fisher Farm. Harper claims to have seen the monster while walking through the woods near her hometown of Heaters. Heaters is about five miles north of Flatwood. So, pretty close. Yeah. Only five miles is nothing. So Harper and her friends were walking to a nearby store that the road leading out of their property was pretty rough, so they were taking a shortcut through the forest instead of walking the road, which would have increased their trip significantly. Okay. About half a mile into their trip, they noticed a ball of fire, just like the last story, on the hill they were trying to pass. Harper dismissed it, assuming it was one of her neighbors fox chasing, which why <laughs> you would use a fireball for fox chasing, I don't know. But when she glanced back, she saw something unbelievable. The fire had vanished. And in its place stood the tall, dark silhouette of a man-shaped figure. Terrified, Harper and her friends ran, escaping amongst the rocks and boulders strewn around the hillside. How did that conclusion... I'm just <laughs> glad all these people are running. I yeah. am so happy for that. That they're not like, ooh, mm -hmm. let's see what happens. They're like, nah, we gotta bounce. And I'm very proud, because you don't typically hear that in stories. Yeah. So the third sighting takes place a day after the first story I told you. Okay. So the day after the September 12th incident, another strange sighting occurred near Strange Creek, which is about 20 miles to the south of Flatwood. Reportedly, George and Edith Snowitsky 
and their 18-month-old son were driving through the rural area between Clay and Braxton County on Route 4 when their car suddenly died. Mr. That is a hard last name. Snitowski attempted to restart the car to no avail. It was nighttime and the road was deserted. While the while Mr. Stanowski <laughs> okay, we're just, was trying to decide what to Mr. do. Let's call him Mr. S. We're going to call him George. George. Let's call him George. <laughs> While George was trying to decide what to do, a foul, foul, sulfurous smell filled the air, and their baby began to cry. Aww. A strange bright light filled the darkness, and a couple witnessed a ten-foot-tall creature hovering in front of their car. <laughs> the description is similar to that of the original sighting, except the monster was not wearing... What is presumed to be a space-shaped hood instead had a reptilian and bony body. So, the second one. I just... The image of him putting, jumping in front. I like to think... He, like, hit their car and he's like, I'd like to talk to you about your extended car warranty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I... I, The creature... (laughs) <laughs> dragged its lizard-like hand across the hood of the car, walked up to George and said, I'd like to talk to you about your car's experience. <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> no, the creature dragged what happened? <laughs> to this day. I know, he's like, man. And he has saved 15% wow. on his car insurance. <laughs> The creature dragged his lizard-like hand across the hood of the car before drifting away into the woods. As soon as the monster was out of sight, the car started, and the couple sped away. George would later give his account for a mail magazine in 1955, so he waited a little bit. He's like, I don't think my car has an extended warranty on it. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. He's like, I don't think my car has an extended warranty on it. Like, Although the monster has not been seen since the original incident in 1952, its impact on the rural community has been huge. Sometimes, if you stand outside at night, you can almost feel it. Like the monster left a gift from the stars for us, and we haven't quite found it yet. So I have a theory about the Flatwood okay. Monster. I think the Flatwood Monster was scouting Earth. And okay. they're coming back. But space travel takes a while. Like, it's not a fast thing, you know? So, that's why we haven't seen it since the 50s. Okay. I, no, I actually, I support that a thousand mm-hmm. percent. Because if it was malicious, it would have been. It felt, it feels like the gas is more of, like, the... Yeah. Gas is more of an outright attack. Yeah, like, he probably was just investigating, like, that's why he walked up to the car, because he's like, what the heck is this thing? And then when he saw people, he was like, ah, and then he gassed away. Yeah, that makes sense. He probably thought, that's a big machine, there's probably an alien my size in there. An itty-bitty little Flatwoods (laughs) monster. Just a little guy. Itty-bitty Braxy. <laughs> and then he looked over and he saw a mm-hmm. human sized mm-hmm. thing and he was like, Oh hell no. <laughs> GTFO right out of there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well let's let's do our Lori alignment chart real quick. And then After these <laughs> announcements. Yes. Oh, that's right. We have announcements. You guys, I promise. I'll, Ryan keeps mm-hmm. me on track. I will that's be what better I'm here for. with announcements. So. We do post a lot more of like our announcements on social media, but we are yeah. going to, we, I mean, I am going to try to remember <laughs> to use our podcast more for it. So everyone's in the loop. So as now, now you can go right. <laughs> as you may know, the holidays are just around the corner, and gift giving is on the brain. I know it's on mine. We wanted to remind you all that we have podcast merch. Wow! Yeah, we 
And it is waiting for you to check out. We got shirts, sweaters, bags, stickers, prints, mugs, blankets, you name it, all based on the illustrations that Kimmy created for the podcast. Visit Alluring. Oh, wow. Look at those. Visit Alluring.com slash shop or just click the link in the show notes. And remember, if you're a supporter on Patreon, you get a discount code on the shop. Feel free to message us if you have any questions about it or are running into any issues with it. What? What? Well, of to use. Did you guys know we have a PO box? And the way we could do that is if our is it more often as fans sent us or maybe like a video game you'd like us to play. I will probably cry tears of joy because it mean a lot to us Pisces and it was super and I could put your motivational thing on be beautiful. So <laughs> send us stuff. Send us be beautiful. So, <laughs> send us stuff. Send us stuff. Or maybe you can say, Ryan's actually right in the Loring alignment chart, and then I won't hang it up. I'll just mail it back to him. <laughs> Always right. But our P.O. Box address is um, Kimmy Hammonds, or you could do a Loring, then 1935 South, 1100 East, P.O. Box 522. Two zero zero one, Salt Lake City, Utah, eight four one five two. You can rewind fifteen seconds and listen to it again, or you can find it by going to our website alluring.com. It will be on our contact tab, and that's that's all of our little announcements today. So. Let's see the beautiful chaos of the alluring so alignment bef- chart. <laughs> Before I click on this alluring alignment okay. chart, I have a question. Did you place your alignment chart based off of you picturing a small, <laughs> cute creature inside of a metallic object, or did you base it off of a 15-foot-tall I based cyborg? it more off the cyborg because... The alien thing didn't really come to mind until we started talking about it. But. All right. So I'm going to go with okay. chaotic evil is what you I, said. I, well, it's not hot. Uh, it's not hot. Okay. So. 100%. Yeah. Well, if it was hot, it'd be lost. As long as we it. both understand that. Because <laughs> the, the creature, me yeah. thinking about the creature now being in it, I would actually put it like. Straight up mm-hmm. neutral, like middle, middle, like straight up neutral, straight middle, like middle, yeah. middle. There's not enough to really know about it to like say. I its defense mechanism was. Yeah, yeah. Someone who doesn't mean to right. cause any harm doesn't use mustard gas. It may just stink, yeah. but. That's how I feel. So I I put him more towards evil. But the idea of an adorable itty-bitty Braxy as a prey mantis stick-driving this machine makes me put it at true neutral. 100%. Yeah. Okay. I put it neutral chaotic just because... I don't think it's a bad guy or a good guy. I think it... Like I said, I think it's an alien scout. But I did chaotic just because it's little mustard gas thing seems a little over the top for a uh, and the squeal for someone it does who's like a like not shriek, trying to like, like hurt people you know and the yeah yeah the <laughs> shriek as well which could be the prey mantis inside of it <laughs> well it's okay I didn't put an evil entity as lawful good because I just. I think it's just a machine, and I'm not really attracted to that. So, that if that makes you feel better, because yeah. last week, <laughs> yeah. a lot of 
a lot of people were like, Kimmy, let her speak. Last and week I was got like, a little Thank heated. Thank you so much for understanding. And then my brother, I was talking. <laughs> no, all the people in the Instagram defending Kimmy's no. alignment charts, we need to talk. DM me. Because right. I want to know your thought process. Because no. just because someone's hot no. doesn't mean it's, they can't no. be evil. I'm sorry. You're wrong. It's okay. My brother agrees with you if that makes I'm you feel concerned. better. I was talking to him. <laughs> I was talking to him and he's yeah. like... At least one person out he's there. He's like, I know whenever it's a spooky woman, you're always going to put her higher up just because she's attractive. And I'm like, thank you for understanding who I am as a person. Because Ryan just mm-hmm. gives me shit about it. <laughs> As you should. Keeps me in check, though. <laughs> As I should. It's okay. One day, we'll run into a spooky mm-hmm. cryptid, and I'll be like, oh, she's beautiful. And you'll be like, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Lawful good. She looks lawful good. You're like, uh-uh, uh-uh. This is a chaotic evil situation. We gotta be out. <laughs> well, we're gonna... We're going to bounce to you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Alluring. Have just Bye. the most alluring day, and we'll catch you in the next episode. And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Alluring, go check out our website, Alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legend you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.